0: You're listening to the Douglas Jacoby podcast. Here we bring you some of the material found on Douglas's website in podcast form. We hope that as you listen, you are challenged to think about faith. Today, Vicki Jacoby continues her mini series on Mary as a part of our New Testament characters podcast. For more on this episode, follow the link in the show notes to Douglas's website. Now here's today's teaching. In Luke chapter one, we continue to read and find out that Mary was chosen to be Jesus's mother. It's an interesting thought for me to, to realize that Mary was a relative of Zechariah and he had obviously been silenced as we know from Luke chapter one. And in verse 20, he was told, and now you will be silent and not able to speak until the day this happens because you did not believe my words which will come true at their appointed time. In Luke's account in verse 26, we find out that it's in Elizabeth's six months of, the her, of Elizabeth's pregnancy that Mary um, gets her greeting from the angel. And I imagine somehow that Mary had heard about what had happened to Zechariah in the, in the temple. Um, and clearly those words must have somehow been communicated. And the fact that he did not believe Um, The Bible emphasizes over and over again of our need to believe the words, to obey the words, to put them into practice. Uh, Mary, we know, gets the greeting from the angel. She is somewhat amazed at the proposition that she is supposed to have this child. And she asks for clarification, which we talked about before, just asking, how will this be? There's an acceptance. There's a resignation that this is going to happen. She really believes the words. In verse 37 of chapter 1, it says, For no word from God will ever fail. Or as sometimes we remember clearly, for nothing is impossible with God. In further along in the chapter in verse 45, when Elizabeth finally gets to see Mary, she said, Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promise to her. And over and over again we see that this whole concept of really believing in what has been said is so important. Something that strikes me about Mary is that she's probably very young. Um, I'm quite sure she's a teen. It was not unusual for girls to be betrothed and to have a fiancé. For Mary, it was Joseph. Um, And that had already been decided. And maybe they were waiting another year before the marriage was to take place. But it was very much that they'd entered into a contract, but there hadn't been any physical relationship. And yet we see Mary just looking for explanation, but we see that young faith, that young excitement that just believes what the Bible has said. It's clear God has chosen her, but it's also clear that she's accepting that choice. She wants, she's happy about being chosen. She's not skeptical. She's not cynical. Uh, She's excited. She wants God's words to be true. And I think that for many of us, when we first study the Bible, we start to read about Jesus and we discover who he is. We're so excited that we've been privileged and chosen to read and to see what the scriptures show us. But we also are so excited about the choice that we have of salvation. And in many ways, Mary is chosen. She's chosen to bring the Savior into this world. And she chooses that. She's choosing salvation at this point, not just for herself, but for us as well. And I think it's so important that we realize that Mary was chosen to be Jesus's mother. Uh, I think for those of us who are mothers, sometimes we feel chosen and sometimes we do not. Um, Most of us can go back to days when we were in school and we remember a time when we either were chosen, we were picked to be on a team or on a side or something like that. But we also remember the times when we weren't, or we were the very last one to be picked to be selected. And we remember what that felt like. I think God actually really wants us to understand that we are chosen, that we're special. Um, one of the things that's always stood out to me is our youngest daughter, Lily, is adopted. Um, and she loved the book of Esther. She was little and the story and she had a tape of it and would listen to it almost every night as she went to bed. And as she grew up, she had believed so much in Esther, that Esther was a princess, that she was totally convinced that she was a princess. That's how she felt. She felt special. And she didn't act like some sort of brat or something like that. She just felt that she was special. She understood that she was chosen. You know, as a parent of a child um, who was adopted, I always felt that so clearly that God chose me because of all the paperwork and just all the intricacies that go on through um, the process of adopting a child. And yet at times I remember being pregnant with my other two children and I felt special and I felt chosen at the time because it was just miraculous what was going on, just having the privilege to carry a child. But as time went on, sometimes we forget that we've been chosen. Sometimes we forget when the child or the children grow up and they're young adults and now they're making choices that perhaps we don't feel so great about. They're not necessarily a right or wrong decision. It's just their way of doing things. And all of a sudden, we'll question and we'll feel like, why do they do this? What's going on here? Uh... And I think even Mary might relate to that at little times and we'll talk about it in some other lessons about how she felt about Jesus and some of the choices that he had made. But it goes back to this central point of remembering that Mary was chosen to be Jesus' mother and the whole responsibility for Jesus didn't fall on Mary's shoulders. It's interesting, there's a passage in Job in chapter 33 in verse 8 And it just says, the spirit of God has made me. The breath of the almighty gives me life. That whole concept is that we have to remember that God is the one who gives us life. God is the one who brings life. He's the creator of life and life is created in his image. And that if we have children, whether they're adopted or the biological, it makes no difference. We need to remember that God is the one. He's given them to us, but he created them. And I think, yes, we need to take responsibility for our children. But sometimes I think we have to remember, too, that God chose us as women to perhaps to be their mothers, and especially times when we find it hard and we find it difficult. Another passage that's always helped me and encouraged me is in Acts 17, when Paul is talking to the men of Athens, and in verse 24, it says, "'The God who made the world and everything in it is Lord of heaven and earth "'and does not live in temples built by hands. "'And he is not served by human hands as, he, "'as if he needed anything, "'because he himself gives all men life and breath "'and everything else. "'From one man he made every nation of men "'that they should inhabit the whole earth, "'and he determined the time set for them "'and the exact places where they should live.' God did this so that men would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him, though he is not far from each one of us. Now, God chose to bring us into this world. He chose to uh, let us live and inhabit, um, and he doesn't need us. That's the amazing thing. And he's done it in the hopes that we will turn around as individuals and perhaps reach out for him. A way I've often thought about this is, um, as a mother, I remember when my children were little, um, and you know, the first few months of having a child, as a parent, you just give and give and give, and you're up through the night, and it, they just take a lot of time and a lot of money and a tremendous amount of energy, and there's quite a lot of anxiety that goes along with having a young baby. But there's that moment in time, it's usually once they're a year or so, and they're starting to toddle around. Well, one day without any invitation, without any initiation on your part, they sort of toddle up to you, they walk up to you and you've not said anything and they just climb up into your lap or they give you a hug or they give you a kiss or maybe a little later on when they're a little bit older, they say, I love you but it's from them. It's not from your initiation. It's come from the child. The child is suddenly giving that back to you as a parent. And I think for most parents, we remember that moment because it was so special. It wasn't cajoled out of them. And I think that's a lot how God is with us. He's given us life and breath. He's given us everything that we need in the hopes that one day out of our own volition, we will turn around and say, God, I'm looking for you. I need you. I love you, Daddy. I just want to climb up into your lap. That he, we want that security. We want that intimacy. That we are ready to give back because he's given so much. And I can remember so clearly different times with each one of mine when they, a child came up to me. Uh, I can remember James, and I, I can I clearly remember Emma. And Lily's situation, as I said, was a little bit different. Um, We had had her for about six weeks. She was adopted when she was 14 months old. And um, whatever was put in front of her, she would eat. That was key to her. And I'll never forget the day I gave her something at lunch. And we'd had her six weeks. And I put the bowl in front of her. And she pushed the bowl away and shook her head. She didn't want what I was giving her to eat for lunch and there was a part of me that started to laugh, but there was a part of me that felt like, wow, this is home. She feels confident enough. She feels happy enough. She feels safe enough to reject this. And I remember that really for me being a defining moment because it told me she was secure, that she felt she could do that. She didn't think she was going to get into trouble. Well, obviously I just gently pushed the ball back and said, no, you are going to eat this. Um, but I remember that moment with her. And I can remember the moment with Emma It was very different when she just walked across the room. We were living in Sweden at the time and she was only a year old. She was just sort of toddling, just, you know, unstable on her feet. And she just climbed up into my lap and gave me a hug. And it was uninitiated. It was just such a special moment. And I realized, you know, those are the times that you treasure. And I think of how that is, I think how God is with us. He's just hoping that we will reach out for him. He's not very far from us, just as we're not far from our children. The presence, his presence is there. But he's looking for that relationship. And I know a parent, we, we know, or even sometimes it can just be a friend when someone calls you, not because you ask them to call you back, but they want to know, how are you? What's going on? How are you feeling? Was that difficult for you? And you feel, wow, someone cares about me you know, that someone else is giving. And we need to learn to be able to receive, but those are special times. And I think that, you know, that's something I see with Mary is that she understood, even such a young person, that she was chosen, but she also chose to accept what God was offering her. She was saying yes to Jesus. And I think we need to remember that we too have been chosen, but we also choose to say yes to Jesus. I think sometimes life wears on us and after a time we don't we don't feel chosen we just feel burdened or we feel responsible and there's a voice that says so our feelings speak loudly to us and you just and there's that sense of i didn't have any choice in that matter i think sometimes for some of the times when we've been married it could be a long time and we just get used to that relationship and it's sad but sometimes neither partner's putting in the effort anymore. I know earlier this year, we, Doug and I were privileged to be in a young marriage class and we're supposedly co-leading it. But one of the very first classes that we were a part of, um, Mark, who was sharing the lesson, talked about how you can choose to have a great marriage. You can make that decision. And that really struck us. Doug and I being married... 27 years, but to realize that we can determine say, we want to have a great marriage. What does that mean for us? What do we need to do? But clearly, you know, it's going to take some effort, but we do have that choice. And I think after a while, sometimes we just choose, even with our families, you know, we can say, we we can choose to have a great family. In terms of the dynamics and the life and what's important, we do have those choices. And sometimes we feel life runs away from us. But I think it's really important that we go back to understanding we were chosen and now we have a choice as well. Um, There are responsibilities that play into it. But sometimes I know for me, I find that I feel like I didn't have a choice. That's what's screaming so loudly and clearly in my life. I recently, um, I'm a huge Jane Austen fan and I love Pride and Prejudice fan fiction. There's quality fan fiction out there. You have to wait sometimes through a lot of different things. And I came across a book um, that is sort of, you know, fan fiction based on characters in Pride and Prejudice, but it's called An Arranged Marriage by Jan Han. And it's a very interesting concept of uh, the, the couple... Um, Elizabeth and Darcy being thrown into an arranged marriage, really not knowing each other. And yet, as the story progresses, his character um, comes to light and she starts to understand who he really is. And I think, you know, just reading books like that sometimes is really good to say, yeah, she had a choice. There was a choice there. And character counts. And sometimes to go back and remember, in relationships for us that have perhaps got a little stale, I've got a little, a little out there. There's a bit of an edge to everything. And maybe it's not that sense of we want to have a great relationship, a great marriage or a great family. And to realize that even if things are arranged, we can still see the quality, the good things, um, the characteristics, and that character really counts. And I think that for me, as I read this book, I started to realize like, wow, I need to look at what counts character is so important and I think we have to often look at that in husbands in a relationship in children some of us may be dating some of us want a relationship and I think there's that sense of well if I just get married everything is going to get worked out and I think sometimes we either haven't really heard or known people who've been really honest about marriages um and the, perhaps we have these unrealistic views and Hollywood paints a crazy picture of what's going on. But I think this whole concept, you know, in marriage, we, we are chosen, but we also choose to be married. Um, and a lot of times we need to go back and search our hearts and remember those things, make some decisions. Um, you know, there's there's, you are chosen, but we also have a choice and I have a choice and I think that's really important because part of being chosen and having a choice helps us understand that we are special and you know whether we're going to be the princess from Esther or you know whether we're going to be Mary and looking at the fact that she believed God's word and that enabled her who had been chosen to also choose God at the same time. Mary clearly understood that she was chosen. And I think for us, it's sometimes a good reminder to remember that we too have been chosen. Sometimes it's when we go through a difficulty with a child that perhaps we need to be reminded of that. Maybe our child, for some reason, has has got some sometimes a physical disability, an emotional disability, um, a learning disability. And all these things can sometimes get us to question, like, why me? And we can become like Zechariah that we talked about in an earlier study. It's like, you know, how can I be sure of this? I want proof, God. I want you to be certain. And we get disappointed. And I think we need to go back to realizing that, no, we, God chose us to be in this relationship or to be this child's mother. A little earlier this year, I had the opportunity to go and um, share some time with the Um, some fellowship with women in the Toronto church up in Canada and the previous year I had taught a lesson um, about knowing as women who we are, being confident and I shared about the different seven I am statements in the book of John and that Jesus knew who he was. And this year when I went back, a group of sisters had got together and put a scroll together for me of different I am statements about us as women, as sisters in relationship to our walk with God. Because I really think that when you're chosen, you're like, I am on the team. I've been chosen. I'm a part. I'm needed. I'm special. Um this is, what I, this is the role that I have. And I think these are things as women we, we lose track of a lot of times. And I wanted to share some of these thoughts that it says. I am a daughter of God. I am free from condemnation. I am reconciled to God. I am justified by faith. I am qualified to share in Jesus's inheritance. I am a fellow citizen with the saints and the household of God. I am a significant contributing member of the body of Christ. I am the temple of the Holy Spirit. I am the salt of the earth. I am the bride of Christ. I am sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. I am a saint. I am the elect of God. I am established by grace. I am drawn near to God by the blood of Jesus. I am victorious through Christ. I am purposely built and uniquely designed for success. I am set free. I am a disciple of Christ. I am saved by grace. I am born of incorruptible seed. I am redeemed by the blood. I am forgiven of all my sins. I am a new creature in Christ. I am redeemed from the curse of the law. I am beloved of God. I am seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. I am a part of the royal priesthood. I am a member of the chosen generation. I am an ambassador for Christ, the light of the world. I am a citizen of the kingdom of heaven. I am a joint heir with Jesus. I am accepted by the beloved. I am complete in him. I am crucified with Christ. I am alive with Christ. Well, these were the I am statements that the sisters had put together. And they gave it to me on a parchment scroll that had... It's like an Old Testament scroll and I I just treasure it. And I wanted to share those things because I think these are I am statements that prove that we're chosen, that help us to be special and realize it. And we need to be reminded of that because the world constantly wants us to feel so completely different. Our feelings can tell us, I don't have a choice. I don't stand a chance. You know, what is there? So what? What am I going to get out of this? Yet the word tells us over and over that we are chosen. And it's because we believe Jesus' words. You know, many of us became Christians and may have been a while ago. And there've been some hard things in life. And we know there's more hard things to come. But the sense that we're chosen by God to do his work, to encourage other people, as Ephesians talks about, you know, realizing that we're blessed because we believe that the Lord would fulfill his promise to us. Mary believed that, you know, and I think of her life when she was chosen. I'm sure she went back and she thought about Sarah in the Old Testament or Hannah in the Old Testament of when God chose to give them life. And I think that's something that's so important for us. It's not just the physical children. We get to have physical children, but we get to have spiritual children as well, and we get to realize we're part of a spiritual family and that we're chosen to be a part of that family. Mary understood this. She believed Jesus' words. She understood that she was chosen to be Jesus' mother. It was a privilege, but it also came with a price and at times a pain. And I think that's part of it. Part of being chosen doesn't mean that nothing's ever going to go wrong or that it's not going to be hard. And I think for us, sometimes we need to go back as women, realize that we were chosen and that we had a choice. We made the right choice. We need to reaffirm that choice. Maybe we need to come up with some of those I am statements. You know, maybe we need to add some of Lily's like, I am a princess. You know, I'm I'm, I'm that heir with, with Jesus. I mean, Jesus is my brother as well. Um, Yes, he's deity, but it's incredible what we're offered to be able to share in that same inheritance because of the choice that we made. So I hope that just by thinking about this, that maybe some of the responsibility or the burden in life that we might feel, we realize that we share with God. God chose us to be his daughters. He chose us to be his princess. He chose us to be a mother. And when sometimes those things feel really hard or very, very difficult to realize that we're chosen just like Mary was chosen and that we are special, that we need to go back and remember some of those I am statements and realize how special we are to God. Just going back to that passage in Acts 17, um, it says and reminds us in verse 27, God did this so that men, so that women would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him, though he is not far from each one of us. You know, the times when we don't feel like chosen, like we're chosen, God feels like he's a long way away. And I think there are times we need to sit down, remember why we made those choices, remember the excitement, but remember that we share that responsibility that God chose us to have a child god chose us to become a christian and we chose to accept his words to have salvation in jesus christ but sometimes we need to make that step we want he's looking for that relationship he's close but we need to reach out maybe be incredibly honest that god it doesn't feel like i'm chosen right now they feel more like i'm cursed though this wasn't the plan or how i anticipated my life to be but to get back into being able to believe those words, um, you know, he promises us that if we, if we believe his words, they will come true at their appointed time. And I think that's part of the key is at the appointed time. Sometimes we want it to be right now or we want it to be in this lifetime. and We want to see history unfold before our very eyes. And I think sometimes we have to realize that history may be written after we are no longer living on the earth. Uh, Some of the things that we have prayed for and longed for, maybe they'll come when we're no longer here. It just means it's at God's appointed time. And sometimes our appointed time does not coincide with God's timing and being able to have the grace to accept that. But this was just a lesson that has really been able to help me at times to remember that I was chosen to be my children's mother Um, but God was part of it. It wasn't all up to me. You know, that God, he's the one, he's the creator. He gives life and breath. You know, Psalms tell us that he knits us together in our mother's womb. And I think sometimes we as women can take on too much responsibility and feel that whatever our children do, it's our fault, we're responsible, we did something wrong. And yet we've got to understand, no, this is part of God's plan. You know, there's an interesting book I uh, got to share with uh, some people from our young marriage group that uh, we're a part of, and um, it's entitled Sacrificial Marriage. And the premise of the book is that maybe marriage is to make us holy, not happy. Yet we live in a world today that promotes marriage as being everything, and that's how we'll be happy Uh Part of it today is we're in an age, especially in the Western world, and I think in the U.S., where people are fixated on weddings more than the actual marriage. Um, we have these crazy shows on television that pushing dresses that cost thousands and thousands of dollars, making everyone feel that that's what they're entitled to. That's what a wedding is about. And yet we've got to go back to it's not about that. It's about a marriage. And that God actually may have instituted mari- marriage marriage to help us be holy, not necessary to be happy. The world teaches us that, oh, you can only be happy if you find the right significant person. Sometimes, sadly, the church can make us feel that way too. I think it can be the same way with children. Sometimes we think, if I can just have a child, or I could just do this, if I could have the boy, or I could do this, then my life would be complete. Maybe part of God's plan for us to have children is so that we can become more Christ-like. It's to help us be holy and not just be happy. We as a race can feel so independent, and yet God wants us to be interdependent with him. We can sometimes feel like our success of parenting is measured by how our children do. When providing a safe place and a secure place for them and a loving environment and a Hopefully, a spiritual mind that's going to be helpful. But they are the ones who have to make the choice. They have to decide if they're going to reach out to God. We cannot make them, we cannot do that for them. And I think sometimes we as moms can feel so responsible, we feel so knotted up, we can overfunction because we feel everything depends on us as a mom, as a parent. And yet, God is the one, He chose us to be mothers he's chosen us to be his daughters i just want to share this cuz hopefully we can free ourselves up a little bit we can get some i am statements together of who we are we know who jesus is we can be realize that we're chosen that we're part of the team that we're special that we need one another and in the next class we're going to go on and talk a little bit about mary and elizabeth's relationship because it's truly very unique and very encouraging. But I hope this will help you know that we've got we are chosen. We're special. But just as God chose Jesus to be Mary's mother, sorry, <laughs> what did I say there? Just as God chose Mary to be Jesus' mother, likewise, he has chosen us, some of us to be mothers, some of us to be wives. He's chosen all of us to be his daughters and for us to realize that God takes part of that responsibility that it's not all up to us but if we stay close to God if we reach out to him we'll be part of that team and I really believe we can enjoy motherhood we can enjoy marriage if we're single we can enjoy that because we can have that concept of understanding that we've been chosen and that's God's plan for us and that's what it had. That's his plan. It's in his time. It's in his time frame. And that at the appointed time, his words will come true. As Luke chapter one, verse 20 says. We hope you enjoyed Vicki's teaching on Mary. For additional notes and resources, be sure to check out Douglas's website in the show notes. The website has hundreds of articles, podcasts, and videos for you to access for free. You can also become a premium subscriber and gain access to thousands of online resources from Douglas's teaching ministry. Thanks again for listening.